This is the fourth and final installment in the sermon series, God Never Said That. Uh, I think you could, we could probably continue this all summer long. There's probably enough fodder to, uh, to, to make that happen. Uh, maybe we'll jump into a second ex- installment and cover a few more uh, things uh, at some point in the future. But for now, this uh, will wrap things up. Next week, we're starting in on a study on the book of Ephesians. And that'll be our summer series. And uh, so uh, that's, that's starting up next week. Uh, I, I think we, we tend to attribute a lot of things to God that he never said. A couple weeks ago, we had the little uh, game show, right, where, where we had um, Bible, Shakespeare, or... Uh, uh, wow, I almost said Game of Thrones, and that's not what it was. Uh, it was uh, Lord of the Rings, right? And many of you flunked that. So, uh, so you need to pay attention. No, a lot of times we get confused on what God might... Here's, here's one that some people attribute to the Bible, uh, but we can't quote, uh, quote chapter and verse. Cleanliness is next to godliness, right? It's not, God never said that. Uh, everything happens for a reason, well, there's some nuances there, but God never said that either. Money is the root of all evil. Well, then I guess we can't receive an offering, all right? Uh, no, it's a, a root of, uh, of evil, but uh, it, God never said that. Uh, here's, here's one. The Lord works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Anybody? Second Hezekiah 17.33? No. That was uh, William Cowper in the 1700s. There's a poem of some sort. The Lord works in me. And, and you've, maybe you've quoted that. That's fine. You can quote it. It's just not Bible, okay? Uh, here, here's one. God helps those who help themselves. Right? Ben Franklin said that. Uh, last time I checked, he didn't write any, any part of the Bible. But uh, So God never said that. God helps. And, and here's one more. Uh, this one... Um, Dangerous ground, we might want to quote this, but it, hmm. you tell me where this came from. With great power comes great responsibility. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, that's right. Not, not God. God never said that. Uh, I, some of these things might be true, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying all of them are, I mean, you should be clean. That's good. We can, I don't know that I'm ever going to preach on that, but we should be. But, but the Bible, it's not exactly, God didn't say it. So uh, the, the, the same is true with, uh, with, with what we're tackling today. I mean, you, you, you saw it a minute ago. Uh, um, uh, we're tackling this, this, uh, this phrase that maybe you've said or maybe you've heard people say, it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter how I live, uh, as long as it's not hurting anybody. Uh, you know, I can, I can do whatever I want. God never said that. Actually, God says a lot on the other side of that, the, the importance of how we live, that, that it matters. But it seems like more and more, especially in our culture today, maybe outside of church circles, we, uh, people tend to shy away from calling anything wrong or right. It's just stuff, and we're, I'm just going to live the way I want to live, and nobody can tell me whether it's right or wrong or whatever. I can just do what I want as long as it's not hurting everybody, anybody. God never said that. So uh, although we, the, the Bible addresses this topic in a, in a lot of different places, I'm going to look primarily at one passage that I think kind of brings it, it to life. It's in, it's in 1 John, which is not the big long John toward the beginning of the, I just said long John in church. It's, it's not even, 
It's good. Uh, that's not in my notes. Uh, it's, not the, it's not the gospel of John. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm coming back from that. No, uh, it's, it's the little, bu- little uh, letter right at the end, of, almost the end of the New Testament, 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 uh, and a little bit of chapter 2, and it talks about this close relationship that we have with God and uh, what can happen when we're maybe not living in that close, or we're trying to get by with things and still trying to live in that relationship with you. With God. First John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that that, that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. The truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys the word, his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. This is the message we got straight from Jesus himself, John says. So this is the the John from the Gospels. He's now writing a letter. He's he's, uh, uh, many years later, he's older, and he's writing this letter to the church in general, to Christians in general. John has has walked with Jesus. Uh, He heard it straight from Jesus' lips. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. John 8, 12, we we see that Jesus said that. John would have been in the crowd listening. Uh, John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life god is light no darkness is found in him none not at all god is light so if we want to walk with god if we want to live life with god if we want to follow god if we decide to follow jesus like we sang about we will be walking in the light because god is light but we can get away with so much in the dark right I, I love the story of the young soldier. I think on uh, uh, Memorial Weekend, maybe this is a good good uh, story to tell. Uh, this young soldier was traveling with his commanding officer on a train. And the only available seats were right across from a very attractive young woman who was traveling with her grandmother. You know, on a train, they kind of face each other sometimes. And so, so they're traveling together and they, they engaged in conversation and, and talked. And the soldier and the, this young woman kept eyeing each other. There was obviously a mutual attraction there. And suddenly the train in, went into a tunnel and uh, all, the, all the lights went out. And so immediately there were two sounds that were heard. The sound, the, the smack of a kiss and the whack of a slap across someone's face. And the grandmother thought, I can't believe he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad she gave him the slap he deserved. The commanding officer thought, I don't blame the boy for kissing the girl, but it's a shame that she missed him and slapped me instead. 
The young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, but I wish my grandmother hadn't slapped him for doing it. And as the train broke into the sunlight, the soldier couldn't help but smile because he had managed to kiss a pretty girl and slap his commanding officer and get away with both. You can get away with a lot in the dark, right? But darkness can cause problems too. I mean, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not a great place to live all the time. I still remember one time growing up, and I think this is how it happened, for some reason my brother was chasing me. And now I, I, you, know, you can't imagine that I would do anything to get on, on a, a sibling's nerves enough to make them uh, chase me, but I'm sure I deserve to be chased. And, and so I, I remember running up the stairs, and the lights are all off, and he was hot on my heels, and so I hightailed it up the stairs, and I went around the corner, and and uh, beelined it for what I thought was the uh, doorway into my room, but the door was closed, and it was dark, and I didn't know, and it was not, things didn't end well. The dark can be fun, but not necessarily for long, right? It, uh, things are more confusing in the dark, and they usually end badly. Here's, I, maybe the bottom line is this. You can't say that you're following God and be living in the dark, because God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. So, so what John is talking about here uh, when he's referring to the dark is sin. It's uh, maybe that worm that, that we saw a few minutes ago. It just says, as darkness and light cannot coexist, God and sin cannot coexist either. You can't say that you're walking in the light while you're dabbling in the dark. God says that we're, if we're going to live like him, it matters how we, what we do even if we think it doesn't hurt anybody. I think there's a, uh, there's a misconception that comes into play here because maybe you're tracking with this and, and you, yeah, I agree, yeah, that's right, you know, we're in church so we're gonna agree and God is light and let's do good things and let's be happy in the light and all those kinds of things. Uh, people shouldn't do bad things. Uh, God wants us to live in the light. Good thing I'm not a bad person, maybe we think, right? And, and we tend to be able to apply the truth to other people's lives, but not necessarily to ourselves. I remember, um, uh, it's good to have my extended family here today. I remember Rebecca's grandmother, Nanny, uh, one day, it was probably, uh, she's probably 90 or so, and uh, she had heard on the news that it was an especially bad year for the flu, and, uh, and, and so they said on the news, especially the very young and the very old should, should certainly get a flu shot and take precautions. And she, she leaned in to Rebecca and leaned forward with a smile on her face and said, good thing I'm not old, right? And, and really she wasn't, right? She wasn't old. Uh, sometimes we have trouble uh, taking truth to heart for our lives. Now, and that, that's pretty, uh, that, that, that's fun as far as Nanny's concerned, but when we start thinking about sinful things, we can, we can apply all that to other people, but we have excuses for ourselves, right? We, we agree that sin is bad and we shouldn't do it, and then we kind of lean in and smile and say, good thing I'm not bad, Right? John addresses this in this passage we read uh, three times in five verses. He says that we're fooling ourselves if we're living uh, with sin in our lives and we think that we're walking in, in the light, walking with God. He says that we're nothing but liars if we think that because God is light. Uh, chapter one, verse six, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in, in the darkness, we lie. 
Uh, Verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we claimed we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Of course, there's Romans 3.10 that says there's no one righteous, uh, not even one. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I... um, I like the, the story of the Lutheran pastor who, who always started off each, each service uh, more liturgical in nature and responsive readings and those kinds of things. And so he'd start off each service with the phrase, he'd get up to behind the, the, the podium and the microphone and he'd say, the Lord be with you. And the congregation would say, and also with you, right? Maybe some of you have been, been a part of that. One Sunday morning, though, in this church, uh, the sound system wasn't working very well, and they were having some issues. Uh, we don't know anything about that here, but um, the, uh, the, the, the pastor stepped into the pulpit that morning, and he said, there's something wrong with this microphone. And the people responded, and also with you. And uh, John says, there's something wrong with you, with us, with all of us. We've all sinned. Uh, If we think that we're without sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Maybe some of us might still need a little convincing because, because I think one thing that we do, well, I'm not bad or I'm not that bad, uh, and, and that that's, uh, shows that, that we're, we're doing something that I think we do a lot, I know I do it a lot, is that we compare, right? I mean, compared to so-and-so, I'm not that bad. Compared to the stuff that people do... <laughs> On Netflix, I'm not that bad. We compare, right? Um, In high school and college, I had a a job as a dishwasher. And uh, it was at a party center. They had corporate dinners and wedding receptions and those kinds of things. And, and, and I remember my, my first night on the job. I, I walked in, they gave me an apron, and they escorted me over to the sink. And it was one of those commercial jobs with the stainless steel everywhere, right? And they've got, they've got the sink and a little counter here. And then I, I do it because I'm picturing myself. Okay, anyway, so you clean it all off here, and then you stick it on the tray there, and then you slide it in the machine and jam it down. And it, it, you know, if you get any of that water on you, you've got like three layers of skin that have come off. And I mean, it's just blazing hot, sterilizes everything, comes out the other side, uh, you dry it off and put it away. Very simple job. Um, I remember I walked up to my spot at the sink where I was going to be chained there for five hours. And, uh, and, and literally, uh, literally the, uh, the, the pots and pans and things were stacked higher than me right then uh, when I first walked up there. I, I began to wash things off. I wasn't, uh, you know, my mama raised me right, and I wasn't a stranger to washing dishes, so I knew how to, how to do this kind of stuff. And so uh, making a little bit of a dent in things until I came to a couple of pans that had the remains of au gratin potatoes. Uh, they were stuck to the sides. Uh, the, the cook had done a wonderful job of burning them just right so that you could get two-thirds of the middle out, but all the edges were just, just you know, caked on there and just... So they had salvaged everything and then they said, oh, we've got a, a new kid dishwasher. Let's just throw it over there and let's see what he can do with this. And so, um, yeah, I wonder if it was some type of initiation, but I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, those potatoes were, were stuck on hard and I scrubbed and I scrubbed for what seemed like hours. It was probably minutes, but uh, scrubbed and scrubbed and, uh, and, and periodically I would look down and, and uh, see, uh, try to gauge my progress, right? And there's still some spots here and there and this, you know, I mean, that. Uh, cheesy potatoes just black cheesy potatoes just around the edges and you know it's 
And I, I literally, you know, I'd look there and I'd see, but then I'd look over at the couple of pans that are still left and I'd see that I made a whole lot of progress. And, um, and so I, I, comparing over there and looking here and I literally, I, honest truth, the thought went through my head as I'm looking here, still got some crusties here and there, but, uh, but I literally thought, well, that's probably good enough. I mean, compared to those, this is awesome. I actually considered running it through that dishwasher, seeing if that hot water would melt it off the rest of the way and just keep going. Uh, it, of course, it didn't matter what it looked like compared to a filthy pan. If, I was, if that pan was ever going to be useful again for cooking, uh, it only mattered how it was compared to a spotless pan, Right? When we say, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, we're comparing to the wrong standard. Uh, when, I, don't, I don't care how I stack up to the other dirty pans around me. Uh, we're all sinners. I don't care how much I, how I compare to you. I care how I compare to Jesus. He is the spotless standard. Uh, the, the questions, I think, in, in your bulletin there, and, and we've told you for, for a while now, question, five questions to ask yourself uh, uh, to evaluate your, uh, your relationship with God and where you stand. And, and the third one is, do I see Jesus in the mirror? Is, in other words, is Jesus' character being formed in me? Am I becoming more and more like the spotless standard that he is? Am I getting rid of the dark and stepping into the light? It matters how we live. I can't live in fellowship with God and still indulge in sin. So I guess if, if we need to know, uh, as, as we're thinking about this, and I've just talked about sin and I've talked about darkness, and maybe we need to define what this is and, and uh, you know, it, probably have some concept in your head of what is sin. Well, it's, you know, it's the bad stuff or whatever, but, but what are we talking about? John Wesley defines sin as a willful transgression of a known law of God. So in other words, uh, I, am, I am choosing to break a law of God. I know that that law is there, and I'm choosing to not do it. Or I, uh, that, I'm, I'm either choosing to not do something good or I'm choosing to do something bad. Either way, I'm breaking that law and it's my choice. It, it's not that, that I'm slipping up without knowing it. Uh, sin is all, all, always a willful choice against God. So it's always possible to choose for God and against sin. Choose for light and against darkness. Uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, and we talked about this the first week because we get a little confused because um, we said that, uh, that, that you know, I can, uh, I can handle anything, right? That God won't give me anything more than I can handle. And it kind of comes from this verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, uh, but it's not talking about the, the stuff of life. It's talking about temptation and sin. God get, won't give us any temptation more than we can more than we can resist. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That sounds to me like, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can resist temptation, that we are expected to resist temptation, that there is always a way out. There is a way to choose for God and against sin. Unfortunately, I think, we tend to blow right past the way out that God provides for us. I, I visualize a highway in all of this, and, and maybe you're going along, living life, and, and there's exits that you can take, um, uh, that, that, or you can just keep going on the highway. Uh, at certain times, maybe your highway is heading toward a destination you shouldn't be heading toward. God provides an exit. 
a way out so you don't end up there. A whole lot of times, I think, we blow right past that exit. We get to that destination. Then we say, God, help me out here. And we, he, well, he did, but it was back there. And we got ourselves in over our heads. As a youth, pa- youth pastor, I would tell our groups, uh, I've said it many times, uh, something along these lines. The back seat of a parked car with your date is not the place to start deciding your standards for staying pure, Right? We've blown right past the way out. <laughs> uh, you, you missed it. Don't put yourself in the position in the first place. God cares how we live. He doesn't want us to sin. He wants us to walk in the light, to not stay in the dark. And so he provides a way out, and we need to take it. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Sin is darkness, and we can't walk with God while we're in the dark. We can't walk with God while we're dabbling with sin. We're fooling ourselves to think that we haven't sinned, but there's always a way out as we're faced with something. There's a way out that that, that we can take the step toward God and away from sin. So so what do we do? How do we get rid of the sin? And we recognize that. Maybe you're sitting there going, well, okay, well, maybe maybe God needs to deal with this in my life, or there's this thing, or this habit, or this, this whatever. What do I need to do about that? Well, it's right there in one of the first verses I ever memorized uh, in 1 John 1, 9. I memorized it in the, the uh, King James language, King James uh, translation, which is the Bible that Paul read, I think, and um, he didn't, I promise, he didn't. Um, but it has a lot of these and thous, and it's kind of fun to say, we just can't understand any of it, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What do we do if we have sin, if we've blown past that, if we've, if we've ended up in a place where we have sinned and, uh, and we recognize that and we're in the dark and we want, how do we get out of that? Well, Jesus says, God says it's as simple as confession. We can walk in the light if we confess our sins. We, we, that means that we're facing it head on. We're not covering it up. We're not pretending it didn't happen. We, we are seeing our sin like God sees it, and we're agreeing with him. Yes, that is wrong, and I shouldn't be doing it, and I'm sorry that I did. Confession. You can't walk in the light and the darkness at the same time. Confession. When I think about confession... Uh, I think about uh, the Catholic Church, and I ran across this story about a Catholic school. The kids in the younger grades, they would have a habit. Their teachers would bring them to confession uh, once a week, and uh, they'd go in the, the booth on the one side, and the priest is on the other side, and they would, they would uh, confess, and um, the priest realized that many of these students, especially in the younger grades, were having trouble with this whole process and even remembering what happened earlier that day, let alone a whole week of, uh, in the past. And so he talked to the teachers and said, maybe you should have them make a list, and then bring that list with them to the confessional booth. So the next week, uh, a little boy came in and uh, got in the, the booth on his side, and the priest was on his side, and he could hear the unfolding of a piece of paper, and he smiled, and they, they've taken my advice, and that's good. And so the young, young boy said, I lied to my parents. I disobeyed my mom. I fought with my brothers and then there was this pause and then he said, hey, this isn't my list. The priest, uh, the priest was well-intentioned but I think maybe 
maybe if we just think of sin as walking through a list uh, it, of your, or someone else's sins, I guess. He was just confessing for the next guy in line, I guess, right? That's not how confession works. We've got to own our sin for ourselves. We, we have to see it as, as God sees it, recognize it in our lives as the awful dark thing that it is and realize that God doesn't want it there. It's not that God wants to zap us because he hates us and, and we're awful sinful people. It's that God sees this darkness in our lives and knows that light is so much of a better place to live. Just confess it. And we don't have to confess to a priest. Uh, in, in the Protestant uh, churches, we believe that we have access. We, are the, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, that we have direct access through Jesus to God and we can confess our sin to him. And when we do, the promise is right there. If we confess, God is faithful and just and forgives and purifies. It's a promise and you can take it to the bank every minute of every day. How does God forgive us? Does he just say, okay, no, way, no big deal, thanks for letting me know, cool. No, it says he, he's not only faithful, he's also just. There's gotta be justice involved here. And so, so it says there in, in chapter two, verse one, and again in verse two, it talks about Jesus being two things. He is our advocate and he is our atoning sacrifice. He is our defender and he is our sacrifice. He, he's the one who pleads our cause and he is also the one who pays, he satisfies the penalty for our sin. Jesus is the reason that, that 1 John 1, 9 can be true if we confess God forgives because of Jesus. God cares how we live. He wants to walk with you in the light. Uh, chapter two, verse one says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. It is God's desire that we won't. He cares. It matters how we live. He doesn't want us to walk in the darkness. It matters what we do. But, but if we do find ourselves, if we do choose to, to step into the darkness instead of the light, there is a way to get back by confession. We agree with God about the darkness of, our, of the sin in our lives. Jesus has already satisfied the penalty and he is our advocate to speak to God on our behalf. And in, in, in that confession, we come out of the darkness and we walk in the light. This says that when we do that, we'll have fellowship with God and with God's people. Fellowship is kind of a churchy word. I don't know that, that you've used it a lot outside of church. Uh, churches even name buildings after, after that in rooms. We don't have one here, but many churches have a fellowship hall. That means the place where you have a potluck dinner, which I think in churches we have this, this uh, sense that uh, fellowship means food in some capacity. That's not the biblical way of, of, of fellowship. Uh, and, you know, we don't necessarily use this outside of church. It's, it's, it's the word, maybe, I don't know, you probably haven't heard, but the, the, the word koinonia is a Greek word. It's, it's this word for uh, uh, for sharing life with someone, being in close relationship with, getting to know someone and them getting to know you, doing life together. It's, it's, uh, it's, it can be translated communion. Um, it, it's how John describes the message that he heard from Jesus himself and declares to us, God is light, in him is no darkness at all, and we can have fellowship we can do life with God. We can live an abundant life, as we talk about here, that we live to love people to life, this real, abundant, close relationship with God. It matters what we do. It matters how we live, because if we're living in sinful behaviors, then we're not walking 
in the light. I, I love the, the way that the scripture here and many other places talks about our, this relationship as walking. There's, uh, there's progress, right? It doesn't say sit in the light. It doesn't say lay down in the light. It doesn't say hang out for a while in the light and then get back to your sinning, right? It, it, it says we're walking in the light. There's progress. We're walking together with God in the light, making progress. It means that it's a journey, that, that we're not going to accomplish it all at once and God's just gonna zap all, everything, but we're going to constantly be making progress. That starts with that decision to confess, to confess our sin and put it in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And he will clean us up and he will forgive us and he will take us out of the dark and put us on the road of light with God. As we obey him, as we walk with him, we'll get to know him more and more. I wonder, I, I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, this is the church crowd. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm preaching to the choir because I've heard you sing. But I, I, I think, I'm just kidding, just kidding. In a sense, maybe, maybe we have this, okay, yeah, preacher, we, we, knew, we know about sin and we know about light and darkness and all this stuff. You've heard it before. My question is, <laughs> okay, you've heard it before. Are you doing it? Are you really living it out on Thursday afternoon and Monday night and uh, Wednesday morning and everywhere in between? Are you living it out when you're not in this place? Uh, we can know a whole lot, but are we living it out? There was a, a preacher who went to a new uh, town and uh, uh, took a church and his first Sunday he preached and everybody, uh, it was a great sermon and, and everybody shook his hand at the door and told him so and said, man, it's great, slap him on the back, good, good to have you here and welcomed him and his family is great. The next Sunday uh, he, he got to the pulpit and he, he started preaching and about five minutes into the sermon people started looking at each other and they said, I think that's the same sermon he preached last week. What's going on? Well, they were kind of embarrassed to say anything about it, thought maybe there was a, you know, an issue of some type going on, and, and so they, they shook his hand at the door and kind of slid out, but the next week, preacher came in and started preaching, sure enough, same illustrations, same sermon, same text, everything, and so the board pulled him aside afterwards and said, what in the world's going on? They said, you've, you've, you've been here three weeks and you've preached the, the, the same sermon every time. We've heard this, met. I don't know if this can continue. He said, guys, it's not a mental issue. I got it. I, yeah, I know. I've done that. He said, I preached the same sermon three weeks in a row. When you start living the truths of this message, I'll go on to the next one. You need to start living it out. You need to obey it. I think it was John Maxwell who said, most Christians are educated beyond their level of obedience. I'll let that sift in there for a minute. Most of us no more than we're obeying. So yeah, maybe you've heard this before. Are you doing it? Or, or have you compromised somewhere? Have you com started comparing yourself to the people around you and the standard is, is a little lower than Jesus? Are you putting up with a, a little bit of darkness here and a little bit of sin there and still trying to walk in the light while you've got your feet in the dark? I mean, you're not that bad, right? You're not hurting anyone. It matters how you live. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to not be in sin, we, we, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God and with other believers. And his truth, his light shines 
in our darkness. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you all this so that you won't sin. But if you do, we have Jesus who is your defender and your sacrifice, who has led the way so that you can be forgiven and cleansed and made new and you can step out of the darkness and into the light. You can decide to follow Jesus.